Okay, you all good? Let's do it. Hello and welcome to the B2C Lead Generation Podcast. Hello and welcome to the B2C Lead Generation Podcast. Uh, this week we have a slightly different episode because Daniel Hopewell, my erstwhile uh, co-host, has made the dramatic decision to have a child and is currently off on paternity leave. Um, I saw him last week at our, no, this week, sorry, our Christmas party. He came in with the baby and his wife, which was very nice. Um, so I am hosting this week and we have a special guest on. Um who everyone will know is been on this podcast that much that he's almost another co-host anyway so Ali has his own podcast he knows what he's doing welcome to the show Michael Furry awesome man thank you for uh and you know what's crazy is that he's probably getting more sleep than you are <laughs> almost certainly <laughs> with the newborn <laughs> and you've got the three-year-old waking you up and he's you know because that you know that first month the baby just sleeps Right. I mean, it just sleeps and eats and sleeps and eats and poops and eats and sleeps. It's only until what, you know, a couple of months in is when they start waking up or until they're three years old and start running into your room every night. And <laughs> Exactly. And you don't you don't have that uh, problem anymore. It's completely gone. No, I've got a 17 year old and a 20 year old. That'll be 21 in another week uh, here. And um, no, it's a whole host of other problems. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so what we said we were going to do this week on this podcast is us two will make some predictions that will probably be completely wrong and we're brave enough and ugly enough to accept that fate, uh, but we'll do it anyway. So these are predictions for 2024. There, are, there actually have been quite a lot of changes within 2023 that will impact in 2024, potentially. Um so I'm guessing some of those we'll cover. Um, what we'll do is you give your five predictions. If I have any, I'll chip in and we'll just discuss them as we go through them. Okay. Well, do you want to tell us what yours were last year? I mean, do you want to go? I've read wanna, them. I, I mean, I'm not I, trying to like, you know, you know, make you look dumb or anything. But. <laughs> well, we'd have to try very hard. So um, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll tell you so yeah we did the same show last year and it was Daniel asking me what I thought and this was my five so number one was and I've talked about this a lot lead generators building a brand um, so my thoughts with it are uh, just off the top of my head I will tell you your ad cost the biggest impact on your ad cost by absolute a huge amount is the size of your brand in the vertical you operate in. So basically, if you're a lead generator with a brand that nobody knows, you pay shitloads more in ad cost than uh, whoever's the most well-known company or brand in that vertical. Um, so it impacts your ad cost. You can build the relationship with the consumer so that you can actually build other brands in um, associated or different verticals. And so you can actually cross sell leads to other companies because you have the trust of the consumer. Um, and well, let me ask you something. Did you see any companies like actually, or I mean, it's obviously hard to measure, but like word of mouth, did you find or see, you know, some clients starting to spend a little bit more money internally on their, on their own brand advertising? Um, because I know, like I was actually thinking about this, um, last night um because that's all i feel like it's always been 
an objective of a, a brand to take a lot of their marketing in-house so it's more controllable and, and for for a lot of hosts like a lot of good reasons but it's it's for whatever reason um we can speculate it's always really hard and they just sort of rely on the easy thing which is find a partner that can drive them leads and they just pay cost per action or whatever it is and then they just work on the the sales metrics versus the marketing metrics you know what i mean yeah so did you see brands sort of start to spend a little bit more internally on their own and trying to figure out their own marketing strategies? I mean, I, I think some do. I I wouldn't say I've seen a massive amount. Of it. I, th- I think um, slightly off that point, I think one of the things I've seen is larger brands have stopped buying leads externally. Yeah. Um, I don't think they're necessarily generating more um, like using performance marketing of their own. They've just carried on advertising in other ways and um you know figuring out sales that way um but there are a bunch of companies you know bill rice who we both know um advocates working with some uh, in the mortgage vertical um helping them build uh like their lead gen proposition within the brand that they run um alex uh forgotten his surname who you've had on your podcast yeah 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 i know who you're talking about why we can't uh I can't think of his name off the uh, last name either, but I know you. Who I know him. I, it's ridiculous. I can't. Anyway, Alex. Um, Back to sleep. <laughs> yeah, uh, we, we both know who we're talking about, and his first name is Alex. Um, he does a similar thing. So he helps uh, in financial services, especially brands um, build out their own lead generation engine, effectively. that they, I think his company is called the Lead Gen Engine. Um so that that kind of happens already. I think that um, it's kind. Of, I find it kind of interesting within FCC if that's almost what will happen to some degrees. The big brands will almost work exclusively, potentially, with a lead generator, or basically just bring them in house. Whether that's buying them or hiring them, I don't know. And they just operate under that brand and go out and do whatever they were doing and maybe only at that point will they appreciate the benefits of what we were just talking about, the ad costs being uh, so much lower when it's related to your brand and then being able to cross-sell multiple products to um, consumers that you have trust with. Because these guys that run lead gen, um, that I, th- I think they're massively underappreciated in the brands that they potentially sell leads to. And I think if they could bring them in-house it would open up an entire world to them. They'd be like, oh shit, why haven't we been doing this? Um, Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, for sure. uh, Anyway, so sorry, that that was Lead Generates Building Brand. Number two was lead buying will become more serious. (laughs) I don't think that's necessarily happened. Um, It's just sort of carried on. Um, Number three was call centers will need to adopt a multi-channel approach to buying leads. It's kind of was happening anyway less and less people answer the phone um you know more people want to operate in channels and speak to people in the way that they're used to whatever um forms will get customers close to sales so i was thinking longer forms i'll take that because uh i think that (laughs) that kind of happens with a bit of lead nurturing yeah you look at companies like um first.io or ai whatever they're uh, yeah, I O. I think it is. Yep. I O. Yeah. Um, and obviously the rise of Chat GPT, the lead generators potentially 
um, whether it's the actual form that someone initially fills in or just some of the mechanism to get them close to so that they're booking appointments and it's like, you know, really easy to then get them over the line. Um, and the other was brokers and agencies will need to start adding far more demonstrable value. So rather than like a blind network of, you know, oh yeah, I can get you loads of leads going. It's going to have to be, it's kind of in the same way that lead generators need to be transparent with lead buyers to demonstrate or to the consumer to demonstrate the value that they're adding um, kind of operates in the same way to lead buyers. That was my predictions anyway. So I reckon I would take a C, B minus for that. No, I think those are all fair and, and maybe a little optimistic, you know, but I think um, I think those are all pretty fair. And and every year, <clears throat> excuse me, every year, I think those those will continue to get closer and closer and move move needles. You know what I mean? I think uh, I think those are all. And that's kind of what my, my point was in my first comment towards you uh, regarding the, you know, in-house bringing sort of more legion in-house. Is I think that's been the objective for a while, and it just kind of every year kind of moves a little bit closer for some companies, um, and other ones they just can't quite figure it out, and they continue to rely on outsource or third party legion. But I think it's always top of mind is my point. You know, I think it's a, so. I think those were all pretty good, pretty good. Nice so, job. So what? Just on that, what do you think stops these companies bringing it in house? And uh, pardon me, I think it's. I, I don't know. Okay, so I here was my thought process last night when I was thinking about it um, uh, while I was going to sleep. This is these are the things that I think about while I'm going to sleep. Um, don't don't tell us the other things. Just keep it to. The... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, no, I think um, it's. I think what I said earlier. It's easy to to create a partnership and go, hey, uh, to somebody. I'm going to send you. Uh, I think we were talking about mortgage leads you know, mortgage leads for X amount of dollars. And that's just going to be, it's okay, great. I know right up front how much that marketing is going to cost me and what I'm going to need to do to back that out with contact rate and all and, and my efforts and all that sort of stuff. Pretty easy. But now if I want to create my own sort of Legion campaigns, now I'm talking about um, if it's Google, if it's media, whatever it is, optimi optimizing those campaigns, those text campaigns, those display campaigns, those landing pages, those all those things that become really critical in in making a campaign work that the legion guys are freaking experts at. I would have to go and hire somebody, and I could hire somebody, but they might not be great, you know. Um, so then I got to hire. You know, there's I think there's a lot to it. Is my it's not it's complicated, and that's why the lead generation or the performance marketing partnerships are so valuable to some companies and not others. But like because those are experts in driving those types of, um, you know, transactions, you know, online so or leads, you know? Yeah. So I don't know, that was sort of my thought process. I think it takes a lot of money sometimes too. So larger companies can hire correctly. They can pay, they can get the right people. Then they can test. They have cash to test and get things going. And once it gets going, yeah, man, they're, they're winners in the long run for sure. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. It's a strange, strange <laughs> paradox. So let's get let's get into your predictions then for 2024 um and we'll go through them. Yeah, for sure. Um well, I I obviously mine are sort of biased towards the United States, right? That's fine. Um so uh I'll give you mine from here. One thing here that's been, you know, top of mind is obviously regulations. Um the legion, you know, uh, it, the beginning of 2023 it was like uh, hail and brimstone was going to come down and the industry was going to 
um, die, a slow death, you know? Um, and I think, um, you know, now we've got the, uh, the, the U.S. government has come out and finalized what they expect and given uh, the industry at first six months, but now 12 months to get it all sorted. Um, and uh, basically, for those that don't know, um, they they simply said that the consumer has to opt into each company uh, that their information is going to go to. Uh, in the past, uh, the United States Legion process has been one where one a consumer fills out the form, and then the lead generator, or the owner, or the publisher, whatever you want to call them, then decides without telling the consumer where that information is going to go. So it can go to, let's say on, with mortgage, it can go to three banks, but who knows what banks they were going to be? Nobody knows until they pick up the phone or they get an email confirmation saying, hey, so-and-so and so is going to call you. Now the form has to go, hey, here are three here are three banks. Would you like one of them to call you and please check the ones that you want? Checkbox, 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 whatever. And then then it can go to that one uh, bank. So slight shift. Um, now there's more control uh, in the for the consumer, which I think is very, very good for the lead buyer um, and the consumer. And I think that's really, really good. Um, <clears throat> uh, the the So regulations is going to continue to be top of mind in 2024, no, no doubt about it. This is, I think, the basis of most of my, um, my predictions, except for, well, actually, actually, I think most so, of them. So with the... Um... So with the FCC regulation, that's the uh, uh, the thing that's kicked this off, which is um, part of the TCPA. So that yeah. what's what I find interesting about it is that um, the UK and the EU had GDPR that kicked in like 2018, I think it was 19. Um, and what they were trying to do is um, get people to opt in. So basically, it was a bit like cookies are now, you know, like there has to be consent. Um, and so the UK and the EU, in a lot of respects, outside of certain states like California, had a a sort of superior consent mechanism for consumers than the rest of the US. Um, and what's happened in the US with FCC is, is completely reversed that, because in the UK, you can still have a single checkbox that has multiple brands behind it, as long as you have a link that says like, our partners and there could be 50,000 companies in our partners um, but you just check a single checkbox and you know we all know the CRO tactics to get people to fill these in um, and now the FCC regulations have kind of turned that on its head because you have to have a one-to-one -one consent you can't have that tick box what I find really interesting about it is it almost comes back to the point about lead generators needing to build brands is if I'm a consumer and I go to fill a form in and I put, you know, whatever details in, because um, you can't send out, you could send the email address over, I believe, because this is all to do with robo dials, which is where it came from. Um, but basically before I give you the money shot, as in my data so that I become a valid lead, I'm going to know where my data is going to go. So at that point, if I don't believe that I've been given enough value or there isn't like a genuine comparison um, or there's something else, why would I use it? It comes to this thing of like going to the brand direct. So this was one of the things I, I mentioned this on a LinkedIn post from the guy at uh, Lead Prosper, uh, the CEO there the other day. 
um if it might it might harm lead generators that just rely purely on performance marketing with like a brand they knock up in 10 minutes go on to adwords or um a ppc or facebook or whatever bang an ad on there and then come through because they're gonna have to think of ways um to, yeah so that consumers actually complete <laughs> the lead generation process because yeah. if it's just like oh you know in the uk it'd be like hsbc are gonna contact you it's like they're the biggest bank in the UK. Of course, they're going to contact me. <laughs> you know, like why yeah. would I? Why do I need you to tell me that? Yeah. Uh, well, so great point. Great point. And that kind of leads segues into my uh, next one. Um, but before I do segue, the one thing that's funny, this whole loophole is just you, you don't have to worry about this if you just pick up the phone like a manual dial. The only yeah. reason, you know, I, if this this only matters if you're using an auto dialer. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Will, I, will everyone just go back to like those, you know, those yeah, old like dial and dial and just manual dial everybody? This the whole industry started doing that. It wouldn't be a problem. But um, uh, anyways, uh, it would reduce calls, which is good, and all that sort of things we want to do. But this, your point, segues into my next uh, uh, prediction is that on-page optimization will, will sort of have a revival, you know, of of uh, a resurgence of focus because now, you know, back, you know. 10 years, 15 years ago, you know, when, when on-page optimization was really key and, and, and landing page, uh, and I'm talking about landing page, um, you know, that's going to be uber important now to, to how do we get the consumer? How do we show value to your point to the consumer? And then also how do we get them to select uh, the amount of companies or selections we want, you know, because, Depending on, uh, I'm not, I don't want to get into the weeds, but depending on how the technology works on the back based on bidding, <clears throat> we mo more than likely would want them to select more than one, mm. just an assumption um, based on price. Uh, so how do we uh, encourage the consumer to one, think there's value in the process to think there's value in selecting more than one um, and, and getting that to convert. And I think that's going to be, really key because really before it'd be like show some that you're going to save uh you know interest rates are at all-time low okay great fill out this form we'll get you the lowest rate okay you know now it's like to your point oh hb you know this th they're going to call me hmm. okay why well, can't i just reach out to them how do i what am i value am i getting out of doing this uh or comparing you know shopping or doing whatever it is and so i think there's going to be resurgence with on-page optimization for sure yeah i think um uh the there was two thousand. I said another thought, but one of them was I was thinking of like the sunk cost fallacy because if you get someone quite far through a form just answering questions, they're far less likely to drop off because they've now invested so much time in like filling this damn thing in that if I like only have two steps left to go, which was choose the brand and input your telephone number or whatever it is, I'm just going to complete it because I don't want to have wasted seven minutes of my life. Um, yeah. So I wonder if that could play a part. Um, yeah, I think there's ways around it. That's my point. I think there's ways to show and wording uh, and, and the wording that you put on the landing page to show some value and, and give some reasons and how you set up the form, all this sort of stuff. But I think that's going to be a major focus uh, over in 2024 for sure. And I think the um, the interesting thing is it sort of goes back to that point you said of brands um, doing internal lead generation is if we start to see a pattern that people are only ever opting into one brand at a time, and lead generators can't like you know outside of like making three mandatory or something 
can't like adjust that. It's this thing of like, well, I may as well just do it for them because that's all that's happening anyway. I'm effectively selling leads to one company. I may as well go and sit with them and go, I'll go and do this for you and give me the profit of the difference that I would have made by getting you, you know, whatever it is. Um, so it's it's interesting how you could see that becoming bigger if they if consumers don't operate the way that lead generators hope they potentially will yeah i mean my gut tells me um that consumers are wanting to shop for these things and want to compare uh prices or they would just go to hsbc or they would just go to their bank and get whatever they give them but they do want an easy way to compare multiple options i i think that's so so i think this will continue i think it's pretty easy to put to, to persuade somebody in a good way i'm not saying it in a bad way persuade somebody or show evidence that um choosing comparing at least two options is your in your best interest you want to have two companies uh going hey well i got this guy over here giving me this and i've got what can you beat it you know you want to have that battle between two companies to get the best price or three you know um so I think it's going to work. I think it's fine. I, I don't see any difference. I think it's just we, it's got it's no more just a dumb form and a, a click button. It's it, you're going to have to be a little bit more intelligent with um, the content on the landing page. And, and do you think any of the brands that currently operate like technology, like a dialer, will just go back to manual dialing? No, I think um, I think the industry is going to shift towards accommodating this so that they can continue to use dialers because it's um, it is most effective and efficient, you know, to to have that and you can get through numbers quicker and you can dial faster when you get that lead and um, at scale, <clears throat> you really have to have that um, that technology in place. So no, I don't think so. I, I mean. I don't think anybody's going to. We have the United States has twelve months to get this um, all situated, and already companies, uh, which segues into my next uh, prediction, is technology is going to change. You know, as far as uh, distribution software or lead management software um, uh, is is just changing, and how um, ping post technology or getting bids on from on on a random you know a piece of data is going to um change a little bit because of this process but i think um you know there's plenty of time for all that to happen and companies are already making those changes or already have made those changes in some cases and they'll certainly make the changes before the end of 2024 and the industry will already change before the regulations have gone into place and people are already adapted you know so um i don't think um call center technology will be affected by this at all and um when this first like came into public awareness um the, the, or like a lot of companies sort of knew about it earlier in the year but it's you know it really came into focus when it actually happened um i think eric troutman was saying like it's going to kill smaller companies and you know the individual buyers and whatever what's interesting though is none of those guys use automated technology they are doing it manually so like for those i don't see that happening i was like they're not they're the least affected by this whole thing they because they can just carry on as they are yeah i i do remember him saying that and i i remember i couldn't remember i, I can't remember at this point maybe you can remind me was he talking about like a small brand or a small lead generator 
he was talking about like you know like individual loan offices or something or yeah 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 yeah, yeah you know yeah. Like one man bands that are just sort of operating a franchise of a bigger group or whatever and buying leads from whoever um yeah because they just get their mobile phone out and di- that like it's going into Google Sheet or something and they sit there and dial it. That's literally what happens. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I don't see a I don't see um I you, you could let me ask you this though. If there is like HB, HBC or HSBC and then um you know Simon's mortgage on there and uh the next you know Bank of London, are they gonna choose Simon? Simon's mortgage, uh, or are they going to choose Bank of London and HSBC? You know, so when given the choice, may might some, some of those smaller, less brand aware, you know, uh, with less brand awareness, be hurt by that choice? Well, that's the great thing. You don't have to have them in that choice because they're not affected by the ruling. Yeah, but you're not going to have a. Uh, you're saying that, well, okay, so if I build a landing page out and I and I have this process in place, um, I I guess, are you saying that I just could just automatically select them? Well, no, because if they're manually dialing, you don't, it doesn't follow the same rules, right? So if you had like, you don't, you'd have to put a cap on it. So you could say, let's say it was three independent people or just, you know, that's their job at home like you know just get it in google sheet and then they've got hsbc and royal bank of scotland or whatever it is there's only two of those companies that you have to collect the opt-in and the, the consent statement in advance of sending the lead you could actually like send the lead to the others without even showing like showing well, they the opt in. they still have the consent to getting like that information it just doesn't have to be manually selected yeah, yeah. you do it on the form at the end with the tcpa statement but you don't yeah. have to yeah, yeah um i just wonder i just wonder if that like is just is this like another <laughs> i mean it's I, like that's the problem is is it's like it's like when people moan about people that have an offshore bank account in the bahamas or something and they're like well the loophole in the law that allows me to do it it's a, it's a similar side of thing someone could argue like well, I would never have built this in if I'd have known you were going to sell my data to three like small yeah. guy. So, um, you, you know what I would do is 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 I would so again back to this technology, how the technology is going to change as far as lead distribution goes. If you had a segment of buyers that opted in and said, "Hey, I'm manually dialing and I take all legal risk, and I'm telling you this, and you can you know run your ads accord or your landing pages accordingly." Yeah, if I've got a group of those over here and then I've got a group that are doing um, auto dialers or whatever over here, yeah, I can decide initially. And th- But that the, the matching engine, it still needs to move up, I guess, in the form before they hit submit. Because what I would want to do is I would want to um, have a form that has everything then pinging against my system. And if I have three guys that don't need to be opted in or two or whatever it is, then I'll, then I'll just cut the form short, show them one a final third page that just says, you know, with the normal TCP disclaimer and submit, and then off you go. If I don't have those, and then I'd have to show these guys over here, or maybe they're paying more. Then I would show a different page that has those manual opt-ins. You yeah. know, so like the matching though, it would still have to like start up here and ping it to, to, to what I'm going to show them. Yeah. Um, because I, I don't know, I, I, there's probably another way around it, but um, th- that's an interesting idea. Those guys could pay less. But the those thing is you don't... The only difference would be as well as that you 
probably couldn't use ping post because those guys don't have the technology to bid they're just getting like leads in some mecha you know like yeah or you or they're just doing it no but you, it's not even a ping post to no just a delivery to them and the with a tcpa statement at the end right yeah it's just a um what's your bid and i'm telling you know i'm i'm the account manager you tell me how much you want to pay for a lead and i put it in our system and if it if it triggers and you know the the right price and the you know you're the top bidder then great um it goes to you um I, but yeah I, it's, that's it. it's interesting you know and yeah. i think the technology will evolve and so, and someone brought up something on the last call i had with troutman which i'm not even sure i should bring up because i'm not sure i can articulate it well but um tr we have a thing in the united states called trigger leads and basically what that means is when somebody pulls credit like let's say you pull credit for like a, um, a new loan for a car or a mortgage, that trigger, because it gets triggered to the credit bureaus, can be sold. So they can sell your... your... So you append, if you append it to your data and then... Yeah, well, no, that information, Mike Free just pulled his credit. Um, his, here's his address, phone number, well, can be sold purchased when it gets sold it's crazy it's it's the craziest thing ever so i can so i'll start getting a calls you know for refinancing my mortgage or what loans or something like that which are it's so wild because those should be the first things that should be cut out no yeah. one's opting for this shit you know um but this these sort of someone fills out a form and doesn't really go hit that could be sort of sold as like almost a trigger data a data point does that make sense? Not a contact, but like yeah, a data that goes, hey, this is this guy's out here, and that could be sold to some extent. Um that's and, why and I was thinking about like the appendix. So rather than selling their data, what yeah. you sell is they if they own the person's personal contact details and you have the trigger, it's who's got this like, you know, yeah. how you'd match it, something, but email address. If you've got this person's email address, because I've got an event that's just happened and now that is a hot lead that you can um do yeah. whatever you want with yeah so technology and i think the industry is going to evolve and i think this is all really really good i think con con consumer choice and consumer control is good for brands and lead buyers and transparency and all that good stuff so i think this is really really good stuff and i don't think it's killed the industry it just changed it a little bit and you yeah. know this is the these 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 this the people that work in performance marketing um and uh are you know, entrepreneurs, they're people that like to figure things out. They, they continually are on optimization mode and change mode on a regular basis. If you're buying media, if you're in the lead business, nothing is same day to day. There could be, there's a fire waiting around every single corner, right? You know what I mean? And you, and, and you have to be ready for that. And they're used to this. So by no means were, were people going to just pack up their bag and go, oh, this doesn't work anymore. You know, um, that's not that's not how it works. I think it, I think a lot was driven by um, like the sort of fire, the fire and brimstone. It was that yeah. like the small businesses are going to die and you know whatever. Um, well, it was scary there for a second. No, I mean not scary, but it was you know the first thing you have to before you start putting thought to something and figuring out a solution. It's like oh shit, that's okay, this can change a, a lot of different things. Um, listen, there are companies out there that sell, at least here in the United States, that sell data, age data. That is um, 
going to be completely illegal at the end of 2024. You know, you cannot sell age data because there is not that opt-in unless you're selling to the same person, the same company over and over. And why would that person want to buy that same lead? You know, but um, yeah, Trig- that's tri- trigger leads. That should be next. Oh, well, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone's, everyone's that date. <laughs> you're probably right. The prediction is don't make predictions. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends whether they have consent for it or not. So if they have consent and then it's, this is what's interesting with the difference with this FCC ruling and the GDPR is GDPR was actually around the protection of people's data, whereas the FCC is around stopping automated dialing. And that's the difference with it. And so, elements of it are far more stringent but other bits of the fcc or the the u.s data regulations are far more relaxed that's was so like email you just still like the wild west you do whatever you want with it sort of yeah yeah um but uh yeah so so that'll that'll change um my my last prediction which i think you've actually heard before me say this and so it's not nothing new but the Inbound call, uh, um, you know, legion, whatever you want to call it, but inbound pay per call industry will continue to be continue to grow, and um, this will grow even more because some of these regulations. Now, outbound dialing has always been hard. Um, it's getting harder, and it's getting scarier because of regulations and all this sort of stuff, and making sure you're doing things the right way, and blah blah blah. Um, but if I can pay for an inbound call, my world is a lot easier. And there are companies buying, you know, here in the insurance industry, um, millions, um, of calls a month, uh, and, and, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars worth of calls a a month. Um, and I think that'll continue to be an area of this sort of performance marketing world, lead generation world that will continue to, to grow because, it's easy one for the consumer to click to call it's easy to you know they just on their cell phone boom i don't need to fill out a form it's just a call it goes into an ivr they just answer a few questions that gets distributed to the right buyer of that call and they're talking to somebody within a minute or two and that buyer that call does not have to worry about making outbound calls does not have to have an outbound sales center they're just taking orders every day so call, I think the, the paper call industry will continue to uh, grow and potentially dominate data leads, at least here in the U- US. So do you know the, um, just a quick question on that, how are most of these calls generated? Is it lead generators with a form bidding on like PPC, but they have a phone, a click to call as well. And it then, you know, they're hoping one or the other happens. Yeah, there's a there's there's that there's um, phone numbers on landing pages, obviously, you know, anytime you have a phone number that's clickable, you can put it anywhere. So, I mean, I know there's guys doing, you know, classified ads, right, um, you know, for free and just doing a ton of them, you know, uh, Craigslist ads. I don't know if you guys have Craigslist there, but like little things like that all the way up to paid, you know, uh, paid um uh phone numbers on paid ads display ads facebook uh social media you know anywhere you can put a phone number um a clickable phone number is a is an opportunity to to create an inbound call yeah so it's endless you can see how that uh well yeah 100 percent. tv tv radio you know all these things um there's there's not a 
there's not a, a, a channel that you can't have a phone number on. Um, and so to the, the key though, now over the last, you know, eight years or so is the technology that allows a person to distribute a call to a highest bidder, you know? So that's the, that's the sort of new development that's now allowed, uh, middlemen legion guys to to utilize phone calls in a effective manner that generates them um the most amount of money that that is in the market can support you know what i mean um and so we, we won't we won't go over my thoughts on that i think we did it on the previous podcast yeah i know i know but, <laughs> but, but i'll just argue that you know it's the same thing that happens with leads to the same you know, yeah, yeah. you know it is what it is i mean when someone's gonna pay for a higher lead that's uh, just kind of the market you know i mean that's free free market well the thing is i suppose they've chosen the consumer you know whatever it is that they're seeing they've chosen to call it and they can always it's only a lead it's not a sale they can back out if they want it's uh it's entirely up to them yeah um yeah so that, that's my final prediction simon what do you think i think that was all very good it was very fcc Heavy. I, know. <laughs> I know i know i couldn't you know with everything going, i just uh i'm sure there's other stuff you know i i i was gonna say you know ai will still be overhyped and overused mm. um <laughs> overused term um i don't know i i you know i'm sure there's a ton of other things that will continue you know will continue on the one thing about this industry which is kind of funny kind of not is that um it's very slow moving sometimes, mm. you know, like we can talk with, I swear to God, we'll have the same, uh, you know, predictions or at least goals every year, you know, brands will become more dumb, better, better uh, transparency, you know, all those sorts of things for consumers and it'll inch, inch its way every year. Um, and it won't be like a light switch kind of thing. I I read a quote earlier. In fact, I'm going to try and find it. It was something like, um, you're nothing ever happens within a year or it was something like nothing happens quickly in a year but you'll never believe what you can achieve in 10 years and it's it is this idea and i thought that when i was writing down like what did i predict last year and i wrote down i was like i could easily just say that again this year and if no one yeah. remembers it i could just re-repeat it and go oh yeah this this and this um yeah, but hopefully in 10 years or, or five years or whatever it is, yeah, we'll look back and go, wow, a lot's changed, um, you know, and hopefully uh, for the good. I think so. I mean, to be, I got to be honest with you. One thing, I, there's always going to be people that are going to cut corners. We know that it's human nature um, and people are going to, especially when it comes to money, making money, but also at the same time, I think people see or or recognize that doing the right thing for all parties within whatever they do in their whatever business they're in if they're able to make consumers happy and their partners happy and do better and provide a better service then that is good and i think most people have that uh, you know outlook instead of going i'm going to make this i'm going to cut this corner and I'm gonna, and there are those guys that do that you know and those those people but i think the majority want to um, have a better offering for everybody so that they can grow and scale and make money, you know, the right yeah. way. And so you've know, got, maybe I'm a little too optimistic. But... No, I think you're right. I, you know, I speak to lead buyers and lead sellers every day and I would say 
well maybe it's just the circle of people i speak to but most people want to do the right thing you know they want to achieve good outcomes for like every part of the lead generation process whether that's consumers and the buyers or the sellers or whatever and it it's going back to a point you made about lead generators earlier you know these guys there's constantly having to be on their feet and think about everything is the whole thing is like a risk reward model so there's massive failure and massive opportunity around every single corner um what i wanted to ask you is you've got lead gem world coming up in like what is it three weeks yeah a couple weeks uh in uh florida hollywood florida not hollywood california but hollywood florida yeah and do you expect that to be dominated by fcc and um you know, or do you think other stuff will start to happen? It feels like it's just like hanging over everyone, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's no doubt this is going to be the first conference where people will get together and talk about this face to face. So without question, it's going to be um, a topic of most discussions and figuring out, you know, sort of that consortium of everyone, how we're going to work together from a technology standpoint to um, continue to do business at scale. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think, I think so. I think, um, that, um, you know, and then, and really sort of all the, the, the basic normal conversations around optimization, uh, you know, lead, uh, lead management, best practices, um, you know, all those sorts of things are going to be a hot topic, but you're right. Yeah. Around everything sort of revolving around these, these industry changes will be, um, talked about, you know, how, how, what do buyers expect out of their, um, lead, lead sellers? What kind of transparency is going to be, um, demanded, um, not just by the regulators, but also by the buyers. Um, you know, all that sort of stuff will be, it, it should be a really good show. I'm going to miss seeing you. I'm, I'm sad you're not able to make it out. Yeah. I'm sorry too. Well, um, I, just sort of flight. Come on. What are we, I know. Hours? I was, I was actually looking at it thinking it's not that far actually. Um, no we'll see but the um <laughs> i, do, I hey, do you know, some sleep if you come do you know why this is a genuine thing that uh a few weeks ago me and my wife met up with another couple that have got kids the same age as ours and in the uk the kids split up today so i'm gonna go home soon and uh you know yeah. i'm off now for christmas but because they're splitting up quite late it normally happens earlier than this they're not going back to school until something like the 10th of january and so they said, should we go on holiday in January? And I was like, we could go to Florida and I'll go yeah. to a show and you guys go to a beach or whatever. And, uh, but anyway, we'll see what happens. Um, one final thing I wanted to ask you is, um, and it's, this is more just curiosity from my part yeah. with Eric Troutman is like, don't you think it's incredible? I, like he's a great personality. I was like, dominated the lead generation industry in the US. It's like I've never seen anything like it. It's like his personality's gone and the the Troutman Amin brand and um it's amazing this like who would have ever thought a lawyer could get like a following like this? Um yeah listen and I've I've Troutman Eric and I are friends. I think he's a great supporter of mine and I'm a great supporter of his. And so, you know, me even saying this wouldn't, wouldn't be a surprise to him. Um, he's a good marketer yeah. and uh, he's very smart uh, with uh, when it comes to TCP regulations. And not only that, he's very, very good at articulating some of these very difficult things because usually um, 
and, and this doesn't, I, I'm, I'm sorry to anybody that's a, the TCPA attorney, but, or any a regulatory attorney, it can get quite boring and complicated. And I like, I'll start to go, what is this guy talking about? You know, but Eric knows how to keep it up, keep it going and keep it, um, uh, uh, you know, understandable to us laymen. Um, so he's really good at that. Um, and, you know, listen, sometimes he uh, his his marketing gets a little too fired up, if you know what I mean. Like he'll he'll get a little exuberant about certain things. And I, and I've even said, hey, dude, back it down. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not sure sometimes the words you're using are beneficial for the industry. Um, and uh, and he could take it or leave it. We all have our own opinions. And that I don't I don't judge him or I hope he doesn't judge me for my own opinions. Um, he's the one he's the one that's smart with the regulations, but um, he's a good guy. Uh, I really appreciate the work that uh, he and Pooja do in the industry and their passion for it, because um, the passion is what drives them to to keep us all on top of what's happening and to go to, the, you know, Washington and talk to the, uh, the, the regulators on behalf of this industry. So, yeah, what they do is great. Um, I, and I certainly appreciate it. But yeah, he's done a great job at marketing himself. And uh, and some people um, uh, get a chuckle out of it and, and love it. And some people uh, get annoyed and hate it. But, you know, whatever. Yeah, for me personally, I think it's like amazing. Exactly like you said, for the yeah. marketing perspective. And I just look at it and think, can you imagine someone, that, a lawyer in the UK doing that? It just yeah, like it just wouldn't happen. You almost cannot envisage it. So it's testament to him and like you said, his personality and like the way that he's that's what I think is incredible. Like he's made this happen. And it's like you know, on top of being a lawyer and uh having to know all this stuff exactly like you said and trying to translate what is very complicated jargon and complex, yeah. um, at the same time build a brand that has the entire industry like following it because it's so one it's so important and that's what he's managed to like translate but in a way that um it like sparks debate it's inclusive it gets people talking about it. it's not just like some lawyer going you know Dale must do this sort of thing yeah no he's a bit of an anomaly for sure and he doesn't know how to spark his he he's passionate right so sometimes um and and passion is reflected back to him uh, either positively or negatively you know when you're at a certain wavelength sometimes that wavelength gets and and some people don't agree so they respond passionately and disagree on certain things i don't think he's been wrong on most things i think in fact anything necessarily um maybe his choice uh, of hats is yeah. pretty wrong on that <laughs> maybe his choice <laughs> No, those are those are awesome i think uh, <laughs> i think he does a great job man i think you know when you're passionate um, I think your it reflects in your work um, and what you do uh, for it, and I think that's a testament to their success and what they're doing. They're passionate about it, um, so yeah, it's all good. I'm happy to have somebody at least doing that uh, on behalf of the industry. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, thank you very much for coming on, Michael. Um, yes, this has been. I, you know what? Because uh, Daniel's been off, we've basically missed the whole of December. We normally do a podcast every week, so this is the only one of this month. It'll be the last one of the year, um, and uh, you've been the perfect guest for it. So, thank you yeah, very much. Well, we missed Daniel uh, on, on it, um, but uh, yeah, it was good. Good to chat. Have a merry Christmas. Um, happy holidays. Uh, New Year's, maybe by luck, if you want to come to uh, good old Hollywood, Florida, email me and um, we'll get we'll make that happen. Yeah. And uh, 
I hope you have a great show and um, I'm sure yeah. everyone will enjoy it that's there. Awesome. Cheers. Exciting. Thanks, mate. Thanks for listening to the B2C Lead Generation Podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe to hear more from those at the very cutting edge of the lead gen world.